Welcome to the most muscles and podcasts in various sports. Welcome to with authority. Con autoridad. Con autoridad. We're gonna go bilingual. Yeah, I like that. You are inside the Bay Area, the ABC7 Sports Department. I'm Casey Pratt. That's Larry Beal, and we're ready to rock. Got a lot of stuff to to get to. Uh, obviously, we talk about Dubs Dynasty Doomsday, and we're gonna get to that in a second. But also catching trout, which is very expensive these days. The Flintstones, Naked Mannequins, Jonas, Japan, and one angry man. That's a lot to squeeze in in one podcast. I think we're going to be able to pull it off, and I am furious about MLB's opening season in Japan. I'll get to that in a minute. You don't like international baseball? I love international baseball and the international community for baseball. I do not like something very specific about it, and we'll tease that down. Okay. That means keep listening. So let's start, as we have, I think, uh, almost all podcasts must begin in the Bay Area with a discussion about the (laughs) Warriors, because last week uh, there was a little bit of trepidation, and I believe you reset the Dubs Dynasty Doomsday Clock, which I think also should include Durant in there. Um, I'm not sure where you put him. Durant, Dubs, Dynasty, Doomsday Clock. (laughs) Discussion! (laughs) Discussion, I like it. Uh, You set it at two minutes to midnight, which means that imminent destruction is on the way and now look what's happened suddenly they go on this road trip and with durant out which is interesting because of an ankle injury suddenly we had warriors of 2015 <laughs> with steph and clay and the ball moving and then the ball's ping-ponging around all over the place they beat houston they beat okc the game that we had on saturday slip back a bit against the spurs who you really don't want to face in the first round of the playoffs they were playing well though they've won nine straight yeah i know in i mean fairness. And, and at home in and, fairness and then on on the worst back-to-back where you got to go in the middle of the night and you have to travel up from san antonio to minnesota a two and a half hour flight you get in the middle uh, of the morning really and they beat minnesota uh, with the the splash brothers picking it back up again after being ice cold a night earlier so the durant dubs dynasty doomsday discussion clock is at well i i you know what i almost after they beat houston and okc i was ready to just yank the, the cord out on the on, yeah. on the clock entirely Every time it goes forward, it goes backwards. Yeah, Two no, steps forward, gonna... three steps back every single time. And, you know, a lot was, I think, starting to get made about them winning the games the way they did without Kevin Durant on the court. I, I was looking at all the hot takes. Everyone was getting ready to fire him off. But, yeah, I think that's just preposterous. You're obviously better with Durant. Yeah, well, just... there's no question. The other thing you have to keep in mind is that in the playoffs – you're not going to be able to have the freedom of movement that you had in these other games. And so you need a guy. In fact, we saw it. one of the things, and it's a credit to Greg Popovich, he's such a great coach, but he's a guy that really originated that, that flow and, and a lot of the, the off the ball, the screening and cutting. And uh, that's why you know they, they win like the best record over, over 20 years that any franchise has. But – he recognizes he's got some really talented one-on-one players. So with the game on the line, they go to DeMar DeRozan mm-hmm. or you know they'll go to, to Aldridge down low on the block. And when you get to the playoffs, you need that guy. Would you just clear it out, let him go, and get your basket because they're going to be – it's going to be 15 yards for holding on Steph and Clay. Yeah, they're going to exactly. be locked up. Oh, yeah. And freedom of movement just isn't there. So you need that. But it's interesting how we got flashes of the old Warriors. <laughs> yeah. And I thought really – and I know he hates it because we're you know reading his mind or trying to. 
But Durant in his first game back, yes, rusty because uh, of the ankle, uh, and he'd been out a week. But to me, it almost seemed like he was passing up shots to deliberately pass the ball to the open man. Like instead of yeah, and and it it was almost I was frustrated watching him. I'm like, take that shot, you and don't the, need to. And the open man couldn't hit the shot. Well, that was the problem. That was the real problem. Well, so I think people wanted to jump over. Look, Durant came back and they lost, but really the Splash Brothers couldn't hit anything. They were fourteen of forty-three yeah, so. in that game, and then compare that in a win over Minnesota, twenty-three of forty-two. So you have nine more makes and and one fewer shot taken. So so I ask again, where is the clock in your mind? It's a rough stretch of basketball for them. Uh, five games in seven days. And Boogie, they believe that his foot injury is not serious after the MRI. So he's back. Bogut's back. We haven't even had a chance to yeah, talk Bogut's about Bogut. What a sweet behind-the-back pass to Steph in the Minnesota game. Yeah, I'd, uh, I mean, I would set it back even another hour. Oh, now I, we're going I, hours back? Even when it was, even when it was where it was, I think we were both in the consensus that they're going to win the championship this year. But you can see the cracks and fissures forming a little bit, the excess workload that's kind of hampering them and how many more years they can possibly keep doing this. As you said, they've played a whole extra NBA season. So that, I think, is where we put the doomsday clock where it is, not because we're worried about them on this present day. But overall, as a dynasty, how many more years can they do this? So I think we can – keep slowly ratcheting it back until we learn more about if Kevin Durant is going to open up that Chase Center. Which we toured. We which, did And, tour. and did the first live TV show from on Saturday, uh, which the, the facility is going to be amazing once it's done, but uh, also expensive. Uh, I just want to mention, uh, Jonas Jarebko out of nowhere had a monster game against the team. He did. And this is a guy who hardly has played the last month. I mean, first he was away because his wife had a, a child, had a baby. And then came back and got no, was getting no minutes. So I don't know if, what that means for the rotation, if it means mm-hmm. anything going forward. But Steve Kerr has got options, and they need shooting. So it'll be interesting when they set the, the roster, the, the 15-man playoff roster. Uh, Jarebko figures to be on it, but it seemed like he was just so far down the bench as an yeah. afterthought that he was never going to get in any more games. And when he, he, he did get an opportunity, he produced. Yeah, he hit his first three threes. And you look at Jonas Jarebko, it's a lot like – what you often see with the Warriors, a lot of selfless bench players. They get passed up in the rotation. They have to sit for a while. And then when they get their chance to shine, they really have to take advantage of it, especially because they're adding people. When Cousins is back any day now with Bogut coming into the mix, they just don't have as many minutes to go around. So for a guy like that to just kind of jump in and hit some shots and really remind everybody, hey, I'm still here. I can still do this. I think that's huge for the Warriors to be able to kind of lean on somebody for a little bit of an extra spark. And I know since people have been wondering, even though KD just missed a couple of games, and thinking about, oh, Boogie looked pretty good. That would still give us four All-Stars. The way his contract is set up is he's, he's making a little over $5 million this year. The Warriors can only give him 120% of his existing contract, and so he would have to want to come back and play for $6 million, a little six and change. And that's unlikely because there's so many teams that are going to have max openings. I don't know if he would get the max, but um, he certainly is going to get a lot more than six million, unless You'd he have just to really wanted more rings or environment. He's made a ton. He's made yeah, a ton but if you keep him another year, you can jack it up even more. Right, but and and the intent of the rule is clear because it'd be like, let's say I, I want to lure you away from your existing team, mm-hmm. but I can't afford to. 
So there's a wink, wink, nod, nod deal where I can only give you five this year. But next year, I'm going to give you 30. So just don't <laughs> tell anybody. Yeah, that, and yeah. so that's why the rules are set at 120% because uh, being devious folks that we are, we would manipulate that system. How much are those championship rings worth to you, Boogie Cousins? Because you might be able to get several. Here's a guy, he's never even played in the postseason. Oh, it's going to be fun So it's going to be amazing to see him play in the postseason. And I remember all those years back when, when Bogut was the Warriors' starting center. I used to always dream about what the Warriors would look like with DeMarcus in that spot. Now we get to see them both, which is crazy. Well, what if they go twin towers and oh, play them together? Man. I'm not sure if that would be great or disastrous, but I'd love to see it I for, would, yeah. for like a quarter. Uh, offensively, it would be somewhat challenging. Bogut would have to, to – well, I don't know. I don't know how they would do it because DeMarcus could, could hit the three ball. Bogut won't hardly even attempt a shot that's beyond three feet, so – I don't, I don't think we're going to see that, but it would be fun just to, just to tinker around with the lineup. Absolutely. Here's an interesting big man tidbit. So when we did the Chase Center show, we all had to wear custom boots, vests, helmets, goggles, mandatory, OSHA, safety requirements, all that stuff. So the day before the show, the Warriors reach out and go, whoa, what, what size boots does Adonal Foyle wear? Former Warriors center. And so I ask Adonal, he says, size 16. So the morning of the show, they had to find size 16 boots for Donald Foyle to do the show. And I've heard that those size 16 boots are being requested for somebody on Friday. Hmm. And who might who that be? Who might that be? Well, Durant's already been there. Is it yeah, Boogie? Yeah, it might be Boogie. could be Bogut. Who else has size 16 shoes? I don't know. That's a small universe of people with size 16. Who are they trying, to, are they trying to sell on the Chase Center? Boogie Cousins? Bogut? I don't know. We'll Boogie, find out. This could be your locker. This, this could be your parking this space. This could be an interesting development. I'm not sure there's cause and effect there, but it could just be a, a sponsor that has very big feet. Yeah. But Is there any musicians with size 16 feet? Beyonce? <laughs> I'm going to go no, no with Beyonce. No. She is not a part of Reveal Week, at least not, not as we tape, which I'm very disappointed about. Oh, my gosh. I want to. You know who else is on an international tour, though? Uh, Rolling Stones, I believe. Or, or they're going to be. I was going to go with the Oakland A's. Oh, that was your segue. That was a good segue. The, oh, that, okay, it went right no, over your head. That was your segue so into rage. <laughs> go ahead. You want me to – I'll just, like, get more powder, makeup, whatever, uh, while you rant. Yeah. Go All ahead. right. Go for it. Here's so, the pitch. Several years ago, the A's played in Japan against the very same Mariners, and – it was regular season games in Japan that count. And me being a young go hard, try hard, we debated that last time. Let's I was try just hard. like, I was like, cool, whatever. I'll stay up till 2 a.m. I'll watch the games, right? So this year I was thinking about it again. Am I going to stay up till 2.30 to watch Major League Baseball season? The Oakland A's first pitch. And I was like, no, no way. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, Why? Why should I have to? Why should anybody have to? So the A's are playing the Mariners in Japan, in Tokyo. It's amazing. It's great for the international community. The sport of baseball is huge in Japan, and I think it's great to honor them with regular season games. But why do they have to be primetime games in Japan? It's a 16-hour time difference. So I looked at it. If the A's were to play an 11 a.m. game in Japan, That'd be a 7 p.m. 
in California first pitch? Well, the, the question is, which audience are you catering to? You should be catering to the audience of the sport whose national pastime it is right here. It's the A's Mariners. So it's a very special event to play an international game. If you had the game at 11 a.m., are you saying nobody would show up? No, I, I would say noon or 1 o'clock would be more reasonable. How so 9 or 10 p.m. Yeah. here, which is still far better for anybody in the, in the States. You just wonder whether – and I thought uh, as a go-hard, try-hard, whatever, you would have so much more rage in you. Uh, five years ago, you would have just been livid during this. But yet now I, I'm not I even have sure been livid. I'm trying to keep it, Why? To just keep it cool. Go, I don't want to offend people. It's cathartic. Let it out. But here, here's the thing. I, I'm I think about to go WB, but go ahead. Uh, most of these decisions are made back on the East Coast because they're not thinking about how many people in Oakland are watching. And it, it's so East Coast-centric that they know they're not watching any of them. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't even matter. It, it's, it matters, but it doesn't matter. And it's kind of a ceremonial thing. But you would think that what the NFL does is they always cater to the U.S. audience when they play those games. Yeah, I mean, kickoff is like maybe 6 a.m., but it's still acceptable. Like, you can get up at yeah, 6. Yeah, it, It's not hideous for us the way this is in the middle of the night. Exactly. And so I, th I think it, it just speaks to the larger problem in baseball. And obviously they don't have money problems because the Angels are giving Mike Trout $430 million. <laughs> That's $100 million more than the outrage over the Harper deal that we had, which we thought was ridiculous. Yeah, but Harper but is nothing compared to Trout. I, I, I think Trout is worth $67,000 on his bat. Think about this. If he strikes out four times in a game, he's still made over $250,000. There's no such thing as a bad game. But Mike Trout could walk down Market Street or the Embarcadero and probably not be recognized by a whole bunch of people. I'd say he'd be recognized by maybe one, maybe none. You take the best player in his sport in Mike Trout, and you send him down Market Street, he's probably not getting stopped. You take almost any NFL quarterback. I mean, you could take, like, Drew Brees, send him down the street. I bet you way more people would stop him. And that's a big problem with baseball. Baseball just doesn't have it together from a marketing standpoint. You wonder why guys like Kyler Murray – don't want to come play baseball, they jump to the NFL, even when contracts of this Mike Trout stature are getting sent out? I mean, that's an ungodly amount of money. You'd think that would be able to lure somebody like Kyler Murray, but no, because baseball has a marketing issue. Are you going to watch any of the pitches from Major League Baseball's first two games of the regular season, Larry Beal? On tape. I'll see it on exactly. tape. I'll see the highlights that are edited. But I'm not going to – I mean, 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, there's there's no way. And ma maybe they're thinking on the East Coast, well, when those folks are just getting up and having their morning coffee, they're checking out the athletics and Mariners. I mean, that's like a f at 5.30 a.m. on the East Coast. You might possibly get up extra early to watch two West Coast teams play baseball. That you don't care about. No, definitely not. Well, it, it speaks to the, to the bigger issue. Baseball doesn't really know what it's doing when compared to the other sports. And – you look at, I mean, not that Twitter and Instagram follows are a big deal, but Mike Trout pales in comparison to the numbers that LeBron has or Steph has or Messi has, Ronaldo. I mean, it, baseball is just so far down the list. You don't see them on television commercials. I mean, it, it's a complete lack of a plan by Major League Baseball to, to get fans 
out and to, and to create new fans. How do you create new fans? You you gotta you gotta reach them in a way that okay a pitch clock. Uh, let's make sure no nope. reliever can face more than three batters nope. uh, or you know, three batter minimum. It's just it's, that's not gonna do. It's deal. just bad idea after bad idea, and you know, look, uh, Artie Moreno paid 180 million for the Angels. He's now giving Mike Trout 430. So it works for them, but I don't think if you're trying to grow the sport or your fan base, starting in the middle of the night for us in Tokyo does anybody any good. No, I'm not going to watch a single pitch live unless I somehow wake up in the middle of the night because I have two kids – and I already don't sleep a lot as is, so that time frame well, is pretty much then. impossible. You should, you're up at no, 2.30. No, that's the time where I actually might be able to sleep. I get home at midnight, I wake up at 6. That's in the absolute worst possible window for me. And who's going to watch this game stateside? Almost nobody. I was looking around today. Today! This is Major League Baseball's season starts, essentially, today. Well, yeah, but not really. And who is talking about it? Have you seen anybody say anything about it on any channel? It's not a hot topic. On any radio it's station? It's an international game. It almost feels like an, like an exhibition game. Then make it such, because what's happening right now is the A's and Mariners are going to play two games. They're going to come home. Nine days later, the season is going to start. They're going to come home and play fake games after playing real games. Now, that really makes no sense. The whole thing is just ridiculous. And again, I'm totally about expanding the game, growing the game getting the international audience involved, but play the games at a time where we can watch them stateside. It's not that hard, baseball. And check this out. Mike Trout, 11th most popular jersey sale last year. Not in the top 10. Is this all sports? Baseball only. So that's – he's – not the, in the 11th top 10 most in major popular league in Major League Baseball. Are you kidding? The consensus best baseball player in the world who just signed a 12-year $430 million contract That's is shocking. the 11th most popular jersey sold. In that baseball. is a failure to market people. I, I, don't blame, I don't blame Mike Trout. You know, uh, he's <laughs> minutes away from Disneyland and Newport Beach. I, I'd take the 430 and enjoy it. Whether he'll ever play in another playoff game, and he only had like 15 at-bats when he first came up, but the Angels haven't been very good. Even with Albert Pujols, I mean, they committed a ton of money to him. He may go his entire career without playing meaningful postseason games. I think that would be a tragedy for the fans and Mike Trout. Yeah. But, I mean, he'll laugh all the way to the bank. So here's another crazy point, too, and this is something that, that the, the great Gary V had actually ranted about. Whoa. The okay. great Gary V. So, Major League Baseball, and I've gotten hit with this so many times. If you post videos of a Major League Baseball play on social media, on the internet, YouTube, anywhere, you will get a cease and desist from Major League Baseball saying, take it down. Basketball, way more forthright in this. They want you to post their clips. Right, to be sure they want the kids to share their clips. They want everybody to see the greatest action and the best stars in the game. Baseball, on the other hand, says, no, 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 take that down. How does that grow the game? This is a culture where guys like Ninja and Fortnite and streaming video games are huge and exploding, and baseball is going the complete opposite direction, losing the young audience. They can't market their stars. They can't get anybody to watch the opening series of their actual season, and they're losing. But honestly, let's put it this way. If the A's and Mariners were playing, let's say they time-shifted the game so that 
everybody in New York and, and Boston and the whole East Coast could watch, how many of them are going to watch the A's and Mariners? Not that many. They don't care. It's not Yankees-Red Sox. It isn't Yankees-Red Sox, but it is real baseball, and people are starved to watch it after the spring, after the offseason. And so I don't know that it's the two most sexy teams out there per se, but on the other hand, people are starved for it right now, and there's been virtually no marketing blitz on this. I mean, I had I reached out today to our partners, and nobody even had any promotional videos or material. Nothing. Nothing. Like, what is baseball doing? Nothing. That is exactly, exactly what it. they're doing. That's So how are you going to make any changes for the better in this I game? I think the logistics probably would make it impossible. But guaranteed, if it was A's and Yankees in Japan, they'd find a way to yeah. get that visible on a television screen on the East Coast and West Coast. But A's and M's, eh, nice sleepy little game. Middle of the night, it's yeah. just fine. And before we get off this rant, the one thing that really kind of set me off in this direction in the first place wasn't necessarily the 2.30 a.m. start time, but on St. Patrick's Day, one of the greatest holidays you could have to be a late bird or a festive person, they actually did start a game much earlier. It was about a 10 p.m. first pitch. The A's played a exhibition game against the team with the best name ever, the Nippon Ham Fighters. I like that. And guess where you could see that baseball game? I'm going to guess nowhere. Illegally on a Facebook stream. And that it? is it. That was it? Baseball for you. Wow. That's my last point on that. All right. Clearly, MLB does not know what it's doing. Let's move on. <laughs> I think that would be a great idea. Yeah. So, uh, story time? I love story time. It's my favorite part of the show. So, you know, we'll have some classic stories because I've got some good Bond stuff, uh, some good NBA stuff. But this is going to be a, a more recent vintage. It's only a few weeks ago at the NBA All-Star Game. So we're in Charlotte, and we're staying at this place called the Epicenter. It's, the hotel is, is built into kind of a, a small outdoor mall. Maybe not that small, but it's shaped with all these funky zigs and zags. It's hard to get around. It seems like every bar or restaurant has its own individual staircase, and so – uh, there is, much like playoff basketball in the NBA, there, freedom of movement is very difficult. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, so there's a lot of festivities around All-Star Weekend. At one point, uh, the individual restaurants and bars were hiring their own security and sealing off staircases. So, you know, you try to go this way to your left, you can't get up to where the hotel is. You try to go to the right, and you can't get to where the hotel is. Clay Thompson was having... Uh, a promotion for Tissot, the watchmaker. Yeah. There were so many people. I mean, it was hundreds and hundreds of people jammed in this small space. We couldn't even get to the elevators <laughs> to get to the lobby of our hotel, which was on the fifth floor. Anyway, so uh, after the game, uh, the actual All-Star game, we're trying to get back to the hotel room. That's it. All we want to do is get back to the hotel. We're exhausted. Well, that's the time that everybody's coming out of the game. They want to party. What? But all the, the staircases are blocked off. Uh, elevators are blocked off. There's no way to get anywhere in this epicenter. So uh, myself and cameraman Abe Mendoza, we're looking around, we're looking around, and we figure out, let's go downstairs and get into the parking garage. The elevators are going to go down there. Down well, to get up. Well, there yes, you go. Very good. So we're going to go down, and once the elevator doors open up, you know, people will either get out to go <laughs> to their cars or 
uh, you know, there's going to be nobody in it. All right. So anyway, that's our master plan. So we walk around, get, you know, underground into the garage and there's a businessman. And now that now it's midnight. OK, because we're on East Coast time. <laughs> what time did the game end? Like 10? Uh, how, how many no, hours like after 11. the game is this? I, no, this is at least an hour and a half after okay. the game. So, but he had nothing to do with the game. He had just flown into Charlotte on a business trip, <laughs> and he's got two bags. And he's on the phone, and he is screaming at the front desk, like, send an elevator down, send anybody. Because he had the same thing. He could not get into the hotel because all entrances and exits seemed to be sealed. We were even looking, is there a back kitchen exit or entrance? Is yeah. there some way we could sneak through the kitchen to get No, you can't go up that. You can't go this way. can't go that way. Do not pass go. Uh, do not uh, get $200. So, you know, we're looking there like, how long have you been here? And, and the guy with his two bags, he says, well, I tried to get to the lobby, and I, I was up there for like a half an hour. Couldn't get through the crowd. And I've been waiting down here in the parking garage for another half hour. So the guy's – he's all he's trying <laughs> to do is to get to his hotel room for an hour. He's just dropped and, in out of nowhere with no concept of what's happening. No, it had nothing to do with the All-Star Gamer. He just wants to get to his hotel room. Anyway, so he's got his two bags. We're just trying to figure out what are we going to do? How are we going to wait this out? We'll, um, and he's screaming at the front desk people. Say, I want – and he's stomping around. And for those uh, l listening uh, to audio only, you know, I'm just going to move around here a little bit because he's, he's yelling into the phone. <laughs> so we're watching this guy just go off on the front desk personnel. Uh, he turns his back to the elevators. <laughs> and just as he does that, the doors pop open. Abe and I jump on with two <laughs> other people. The doors close, and then <laughs> he's probably still out there screaming <laughs> at the front desk. It's like the Lord of the Flies. And, and, and we just rode up to the lobby, and you know we were looking around because it was just like, doors are opening. Let's go. And uh, it was a mad dash. And then we where's what happened to the dude with the luggage? He didn't make it. He never made it. He turned <laughs> around yelling in passion, and that's when the doors opened. That's that is brutal. Yeah, that was that's a, that oh, was, that was a man. funny story. That is hilariously weird. I, I can't imagine that they couldn't have done a better job at crowd control it coming was, off the All-Star game. Yeah, there was another story that uh, uh, me and uh, getting into it with one of Charlotte's finest. Oh, and that got a little heated because well, well that, that. that was a night earlier. <laughs> well, because it was the same thing. We you, you couldn't go left. There was yeah. one guy, a security guy, who was literally guarding like 15 feet of space in this outdoor mall, and you we, we had to get to the other side of where he was, and he just wouldn't let us pass for no particular reason. He's like, I've been told not to let anybody pass this point. We're like, but that's where we have to go right there. Anyway, the police got involved, and you know, it. it it devolved. And finally, I said, look, you're the guy with the gun. So let's go. If you think you can get to where we need to get. And he, anyway, he did help us out. So I should say, you know, shout out to the Charlotte police for trying to resolve an impossible situation at the epicenter. Is it possible that Major League Baseball organized the hotel for the <laughs> NBA All-Star Game? They might have done the planning this on this. Like because this sounds like an MLB production. Yes, uh, well, if it was a 2.45 a.m. start, then it certainly would have yeah. been their fingerprints You, you probably could have been there at 2.45 a.m. All right, so Leonard – Super producer Leonard, as we should call you. Every show, we give you the opportunity to ask us the craziest, weirdest, outside-the-box question. We have no prep. We have no idea what's coming, and we love to answer. So, what you got? So, today is going to be a bit of a controversial question. Oh, we love that. Okay. And I am going to say you have to answer it. Okay. There's no choice here. Okay. There's no out. Right. That's what we're here for. What is the one major league sport 
that could go away tomorrow and you would not care. Whoa. How major are we going to go here? Are we talking like the like the four four big ones? Well, I think he means soccer, WNBA, or if you, you know, if you have a thing against tennis or I mean that's a professional league as well. Yeah. Um, hmm. golf. Neither you and I are not golfers. But this is if we want it to go away or we just wouldn't miss it at we all. We could live without one. You wouldn't miss it. Generally people wouldn't miss it like it would just go away, even though there's like a passionate fan base, but not passionate enough to actually do anything about it. I know what I'm going to go with, and this will be really controversial, seeing as how it's March. I don't care about the NCAA tournament. Get it out of here. Un-American. Get rid of it. Un-American. <laughs> I have got the most perfect bracket. My bracket never gets busted. Going on some 10-plus years, I've never had a busted bracket. And I'm not a billionaire. I just never fill the thing out. I just don't care. Well, this is not a hotbed of college basketball. There no. was a time when Cal and Stanford were good and interesting. Now the only team that has a chance to go to the tournament from the Bay Area is St. Mary's, and they're in because they beat Gonzaga in an yeah, epic West Coast conference. You know, the game, NCAA, it's kind of just well, wait, well, it's wait, annoying. Wait, because let me just say this. Yeah. You don't want to watch Zion in, in the Final Four with Duke. I mean, I'd watch Zion no matter what he was doing. Here's how I'll answer that. Does Zion want to watch Zion in the Final Four, or would he rather just be playing in the NBA right now? No, he wants to play no. for Duke. He wants to win it. That's why he came back. His shoe that. exploded and almost cost him his draft position. But, but that, but, but he he's not getting back. paid a single he penny. He's going to get paid. He's risking he's his, gonna get paid he's a bunch. Risking his family's fortune oh, playing in this pointless tournament when he'd probably rather just be in the NBA draft or getting ready for the NBA draft. No, I, I think the fact that he came back from the knee injury after his shoe exploded shows you how much he values his time at Duke and wants to play in the tournament because this is when you're in college it's the best time of your life. Yeah, but if you NBA said Zion work. you can go right from high school to the NBA draft, he surely would have done that. He, he absolutely would've. he would have chosen not to play in the yeah, NBA draft. But he's tournament. got a but it's a one year pit stop at Duke. Yeah. And so it's enjoyable. Mandatory. I'm gonna go all right, so that you all right, you don't I'll watch Zion do just I'll watch have Well him, yeah, but uh, you know if, if I want to watch basketball, I'll just watch the NBA. It's where all the best players go anyways. Well that's true. That's true. Um, I would get rid of the WNBA, actually, because oh, I don't geez. watch it now. And I, I, there's like 10 – I mean, there's some talented people in the league, but it's below-the-rim basketball. When you're used to watching NBA players and Zion, and I just – I mean, I know there's some good skill in the league, but it just it's not captivating for me. The, and I don't think it's captivating for America because uh, the league loses money every year. The NBA props it up. Uh, actually, you have the star players going to Russia. They can make a million dollars a year in Russia playing a limited schedule. I don't understand why women's basketball is so big in Russia. In Russia, but, basketball uh, plays you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> it, it has no appeal to me uh, to watch. If I want to watch under-the-rim basketball, I can go out and play myself because <laughs> yeah. that's where I am at this point. So, But MLS also, Major League Soccer. Much as I love the Quakes and the, their new Avaya Stadium and all that, it's hard to sit through nil nil. And I know the soccer enthusiasts will say, "You just well, don't jump all over you, you for just that. don't understand the game." Yeah. and it's I just need more scoring opportunities. It's I need just more scoring so much chances. bigger internationally, though. I know. I, I know. mean, I remember. So I went to Barcelona a long, long ways back, college days. Actually, it's post college days. But Barcelona was playing Manchester United. Okay. And 
we watched that game in a bar there. And for that day, I was like, wow, soccer's cool. And then after that, I lost interest again. But, man, it's a whole different environment there. But that's a whole different deal. It's a whole different environment than the the MLS. MLS. Yeah, I agree. So either of those could could go for me, and I I don't know. Let's say one positive thing about the WNBA before we go. I like the fact that for the college, and I already just said I don't want to see college basketball, but for the college women that are playing, it's great to have something like that. Okay, that they can strive for and attain and 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 do, which I think is really cool. I'll I'll also say this. I'm not saying I'm watching it. As the father of of two girls, uh, it's nice that daughters can see role models on television and be empowered by that. But if the question was what would I if it could go away and would I miss it, I would not miss it. But I think the symbols of what you can be as mm-hmm. opposed to doors closed, I think it's fine if it's there. Yeah, so to be clear, I think we want to see all sports leagues thrive and be great and awesome, but if we had to eliminate one, that would be it. And people will probably be mad at us because of Leonard. That's okay. That's Blame Leonard. Leonard's fault. Leonard's well, fault. it was Leonard's question. Yeah, Leonard's I fault. I just was you know, dumb enough to be honest. All right, so every week we pick out a news story that's funny just because I'm doing the news and the sports here. And so this is this is about real estate. Uh, this is hysterical. We actually got a twofer here because in uh, <laughs> the ritzy town of Hillsborough, there's an actual structure. Have you seen the Flintstone house? I've seen it. I love it. You can see it off the freeway when you drive by. Yeah. So the town doesn't like the fact that this building or this house is a landmark or that they're dinosaurs or that it looks like Fred and Barney might have lived in one of these things. And they've got outdoor statues and I guess now there's a lawsuit to try to get the statues removed. They don't want the house torn down or anything like that, but they, they have a problem with the yard. So uh, if you're a Flintstones, do kids even watch the – do they know what the Flintstones are anymore? How many guests know? yabba dabba So the thing about the Flintstone house that I like, it's different. It's unique. Well, it's bizarre. It's weird, but it's almost become a landmark of its own. And it does look, I mean, it's on a hillside, so it's clear as day when you drive by on the freeway. It sticks out like a sore thumb. So if you live in the area, I think you kind of just have to know what you're getting yourselves into. And I just don't like when, like, people want to stifle creativity and originality. Like, the Flintstones house is probably a treasure for, like, all the kids in the neighborhood coming by, taking a look at it. I mean, if it's they an attraction. Know what the Flintstones are. Like, you're, Even you're, if you don't, it's hilarious looking. It is, it is funny to look at. Yeah. But. I don't know that like your kids will grow up knowing. In fact, I don't even know. My, my girls are in their 20s. I don't know if they would know. If I said Barney Rubble to them, that they would immediately know Flintstones. On the other hand, my kids do love Fruity Pebbles. And I believe the Flintstones are all over those Fruity but Pebbles. But they wouldn't know the origin of that, would they? No, but they know they love Fruity Pebbles. Okay. I'm going to try to avoid putting you on the spot with the Betty or Wilma question. Uh, since <laughs> we're talking <laughs> Flintstones. But the other, the other real estate story that I had is even better than that and this is from Santa Rosa where uh, you know neighborhood associations can be a pain in the butt absolutely and so there's a there's a rule there's a uh, I think it's a zoning code in Santa Rosa uh, that dictates the size of your fence so this guy and his name is Jason Windus and uh, Jason was trying to keep his dogs in his yard so he built a fence that looked to be about six or seven feet high now for safety purposes, they want fences lower so that if you're driving in a car, you could see kind of around the corner. Yeah, see I think they said traffic. 36 inches, okay. which is three feet. 
So what he did, uh, he, and it's an anonymous neighbor, so he doesn't even know who he's trying to satisfy. Somebody complained, <laughs> and then they came out and inspected and said, oh, yeah, no, that's way too high. you got to lower your fence, dude. So he said, okay, I'll lower my fence. So he, he got a buddy to come over, <laughs> cut it in half. Now it's three <laughs> feet high. But what he added were naked mannequins <laughs> in his backyard, five of them. Now they are tastefully covered in certain key areas but <laughs> he is complying with the code and he has nakedness in his backyard this is a, I, this is a, he could be angry but he, he found a funny way it's hilarious to turn this controversy well now it's a different controversy it's a much different controversy but it's if you if you go to abc7news.com you can just uh, the Search pictures, uh, Wayne Friedman tweeted a bunch of pictures. Fantastic. If you go back on his Twitter feed and look, the mannequins are disturbing. The fence is much lower. And I think whichever neighbor anonymously complained is getting what they deserve right now. So stay out of other people's business is, is really the takeaway here. The quote is, I'm waiting. If they didn't like the fence, how do they like this? <laughs> how do you like me now with my naked mannequins? Who would you rather have as your neighbor? The Flintstones house owner with all the dinosaur statues and the Flintstones characters, or the guy with the naked mannequins? That's a good question. Hmm. I'd I go think Flintstones. I'd, yeah, I think I'd take Flintstones yeah. also, just for the fun of it. Uh, naked mannequins is going to be funny the first, second, third time you drive <laughs> by. By the 50th time you drive by the naked mannequins, you're going to go, Jason, come on, let's. Like, if I drive by with my, my five-year-old daughter in the car, <laughs> Daddy, <laughs> she's going to look at the Flintstones house and be amazed, and she's going to look at the mannequins, and then we're going to have to pay for a lot of therapy. <laughs> so I'd probably go. Yeah, you're probably <laughs> out, of, out of safety alone, you're going Flintstone. And house is the absolutely one you want. But I do love this guy, Jason, from Santa Rosa. Uh, you know, he, he there was an obstacle. He found a way around it, and now the nosy neighbor has got to deal with the nakedness. That's just it. Shout out creativity. Shout out there originality. Shout out being different. Stop trying to keep us down. Let us be creative. And let's not have games that start at 2.45. Please. Just think, Rob Manfred. Commissioner of Major League Baseball. I think we are done. That was a lot to unpack on a single episode. And we do have places now where you can subscribe to the show. iTunes. Google Play. You can check it out on YouTube. You can go to abc7news.com and see any of these crazy stories. And just please hop on. Subscribe. I Mannequin. Aloha. <laughs>